Nine months in, I get fired. This is the first time I get fired. Oh. So I look in the garden and there's Gal Gadot sunbathing in the garden. So Gal Wonder Gadot. Woman herself. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman oh, herself. No <laughs> She's there sunbathing in the garden and I'm there like, wait, what? That's Gal Gadot right there. I took 200 pounds, made the first class I ever did. 200 pounds was making about a thousand pounds a month. Next thing you know, I had a multi six figure business and it grew like crazy. Welcome back to Cashflow Convos, where we discuss success and motivation. Before we start today, we are joined by a 2023 apprentice candidate, all the way from the boardroom, Sahel Chowdhury. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you doing, bro? Thank I'm you for coming good. on, bro. Doing good, doing good at the moment. So yeah, excited to do this. Excited to talk a little bit about the show and about me and um, everything that's going on. Before we start, we got to ask you, how is it like being in the boardroom of Lord Sugar? Do you know what? That's always an interesting. Everyone always asks that one as well, right? But don't get me wrong. There is pressure when you're inside of it. But at the same time, it's just normal people in front of you. You know, you watch it on TV. They may look big and scary, but at the end of the day, they are just people. So there is the pressure a little bit, but otherwise it's not too bad. Oh, so um, Apprentice, the show on TV is shot in Canary Wolf. Where's actually Apprentice shot? Um, Canary Wolf is what you see on TV. Um... I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say like exactly where it is, but yeah, I mean, you can probably gather whether it is or not based on my answer. <laughs> <laughs> What's Lord Sugar like in person? So Lord Sugar, he's, um, he can be quite brutal and honest and uh, being honest with you, you don't have many chances to actually speak with him off camera. So it's a lot of the time you kind of see him in the boardroom. You see him at the places like the Shard, for example, when he's briefing the task yeah. and that's about it. You don't really see him too much like off camera, oh. but from what I've seen, he's a very, very nice person. Everyone's always got their TV personalities and their yeah. actual personalities. Um, but from what I've seen, he's a very nice, genuine person. Otherwise he's like that friendly granddad. Yeah. <laughs> he's got those kind of vibes about him, you know? Yeah. yeah that's good to hear. What about his side uh, side partners, Claude and Karen? How are they? Do you know what? Um, Claude is really, really nice off camera. You know, um, off camera, we've got to see him a little bit. He's very, very nice. Tim as well. I cannot stress enough. He's such a down-to-earth person. Of all the people that I've seen in the process, um, Tim as a whole, such a genuine guy. I cannot um, say enough good words about him. He knows a really weird story. I ended up getting the train to go back. I can tell people now, right? I ended yeah. up getting the train <laughs> to go back for the final of The Apprentice. Yeah. And as I'm getting there, I only just get onto the train. Tim comes on board. He only just makes a train as well. He looks up and he's like, so how? And I'm like, Tim? Like, what? <laughs> and all of a sudden, we're on a train journey together for a good couple hours uh, from Southampton to London. But it gets even better. Because he puts me into first class as well. And I'm like, Tim, like the production didn't pay for a first class one for me. Um, yeah. But he's like, don't worry, don't worry, come sit down. He pays for my upgrade for first class. And I'm like, Tim, what are you doing? Like, I would pay money to speak to you. Why are you paying for my first class ticket? Like, what <laughs> yeah. is going on? But yeah, he's such a gent, such a gent. And he's such a down to earth, humble guy as well. So what, what kind of like made you want to go on to The Apprentice? So... I already established my business and I've already set things up so that my business flows. It's all automatic. It all does itself. I have a martial arts club. Okay. It's called AG martial arts. Just plugging it in there. There we go. And um, it was already set and sorted. You know, I didn't really need to do much. And what I wanted is a platform to help other people and start my next business venture. Because when you've got a company which does, you know, however many six figures, you want to take the next step. And the next step for me was to be on one of the biggest platforms in the UK for business. And it's The Apprentice. Okay. Did you ever think that you were going to win The Apprentice? Um, so Some people go onto the show to win. 
I personally didn't. I went on the show because I wanted to be a platform. Um, if you have a look at my business and the way that I do things, it's not capital heavy. I don't really need investment in my in my club, in my business. Um, and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought I had a chance of uh, of winning. Everyone always does when they go on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether they want to win is another story, though. So yeah, how accurate is the show for like portrayal? So do you know what? It's an interesting one because you have your TV personality and you have your like actual personal personality as well mm. and a lot of the times in the world of tv it is an entertainment show and so you're going to see some stuff on there which isn't always accurate compared to what actually happened but it's an entertainment show yeah. and what their aim is to do is to make it as an and it as like and it's i can't even say the word now <laughs> as entertaining as possible and so some parts uh when we're watching it back we're looking at it like what that didn't happen like that and we're thinking to ourselves <laughs> the whole narrative is completely flipped okay. at some parts of the show where for example me and i don't know mark for example would have saved the day all of that gets cut and all of a sudden we look like we're just kind of sat around all quiet which is what a lot of my story was as well I just sat around quietly the whole time yeah. um rather than saving the day at points where we did and that happens a lot through the process everyone has their own vision in mind in terms of how it goes it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's seen to the public okay so yeah you've been an apprentice uh for a few episodes um and you're a project manager and what was your surreal moment mm. so the most surreal moment for me was um i guess uh being on the jet skis in dubai yeah that moment for me not just because it was jet skis i mean i love jet skis myself right mm -hmm. but it was that moment where i was thinking to myself i sat back and i was there like do you know what i'm on a jet ski right now in the middle of dubai filming for the apprentice like this has actually happened yeah. we all watch the apprentice i've seen it from when i was really really young and i always wanted to be on it yeah. then all of a sudden when you realize that you're on a jet ski you've got these camera crews around you you're living that dream that you envisioned when you were a younger kid it was so surreal and it was crazy and i remember being in that moment as well because we were on the jet skis for about three hours as well yeah right it was so much fun just us just having a blast out there yeah. and that moment is when it hit me it's like oh my god i'm actually doing this i'm actually on the apprentice yeah, it was crazy on the jet ski on the apprentice <laughs> <laughs> exactly surreal moment though honestly like it was yeah. ugh, i can't put it into words a lot of camera moment. crew yeah a lot of camera crews mm. camera crews are insane yeah. what you don't see is how many people there are backstage like when you're in the boardroom it's not just you candidates plus uh lord sugar tim and karen there's so many people in the corners of the room as well. They're all in the actual um, boardroom itself, just yeah. making sure everything goes smoothly. And they got intercoms as well. They're, there's even more people behind the scenes. <laughs> it's a big production, like a massive, massive production. You're not just by yourself in this. Oh, okay. Well, so what was it like, like behind the scenes then? Uh, so behind the scenes, it was, um, you have a lot of downtime. Okay. The thing with TV is very, very slow. So you're waiting around a lot of the time. And there's a whole um, phrase in TV, which is to hurry up and wait. And when you're doing that, when you're sat around just waiting, you end up bonding with a lot of people and um, having a lot of good laughs and things. But that's all off camera. So okay. a lot of the stuff where we're having a laugh, you won't actually ever see because it's literally all off camera. Sometimes when you're seeing, for example, me and Marnie button heads, right? You're yeah. going to see that on my task. But then what you won't see is that off camera, when we finished the motorbike task, we were on the drive back. The van driver decided to play some music. We were having a sing along in the back of the van. Yeah. <laughs> you won't see that side of casual, it. Casual, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very casual, but it was so much fun. And, you know, me and Marnie still talk about it today. Like, it's just so much fun, like the fun times that we had. But again, that's behind the scenes. What you see on screen, me and her, we hate each other. <laughs> that's the way TV goes. Oh, you're quite serious. You were quite serious in the boardroom. How, how do you stay focused? 
Staying focused. I mean, I'm quite a serious person in general is what I'd say. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I can have my silly times and my fun times. Anyone who's close who knows me knows yeah. that I can be a complete idiot as well. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of me, when it comes down to business, I stay as a serious guy. And I like to keep it as professional as possible. That's just me. And that's just me and my nature. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So what was it like living with the other candidates? Because I can imagine there's probably a lot of personalities like in one place. Mm. So living with the other candidates was interesting because you have a lot of... So in this process, the way it works is you've got 18 people who are all alphas in their own right. And mm. when you take 18 alpha males, put them into a room, and all of a sudden one person has to take charge, yeah. everyone wants to take charge. Yeah. That's how they create entertainment. That's like the big brother house, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is how they create entertainment, right? Because you've got all these characters who want to be in, in charge of things. And, you know, on task and things, that really shone through. In the house as well, um, you know, most of us got along really, really well. Um, there wasn't too many fights, no dramas, nothing like that. Um, no romances, in case that's one of the questions coming up later as well. Um, but no, being in the house was incredible. It was such a big house as well. It was insanely big. And like being realistic with you we didn't get to spend as much time in the house just sat back and relaxing as you might think because you're always on task and you're always having it in the back of your mind that like you want to be ready for the next task you know how are you going to survive the boardroom what are you going to be saying or you just come back from a task you're thinking right if i do get called into the boardroom how am i going to defend myself that's what's going on in your mind 24 7 could you practice what notes or what have we got you're not allowed no notebooks no phones no phones no laptops no tvs no clocks no watches nothing like that we were allowed to bring in one luxury item some people brought in ipods that had the time on there if you didn't have that the only way to tell the time was by going to the oven clock in the kitchen <laughs> that was way. it <laughs> but thank god i had an ipod so i could tell the time here and there okay so you're not even watching not watches as well no watches nothing like that the concept of time is erased in the apprentice world so that's erased as well when you're using the phone so you know when you have a phone and you're talking to the other team mm. you're allowed to bring it out you get to use it for like a minute or two then you've got a production telling you you have to cut the call cut the call straight back into the bag that's it that's the only time you ever see a phone throughout the process okay so, so what was your routine like so then how, how did you like uh like what time did you wake up and stuff like that for the tasks well we don't know because there weren't any clocks <laughs> <laughs> but um oftentimes so we, we were living with a house team and they would tell us to go to bed yeah. and um they would tell us to go to bed so we had eight hours of sleep so one time um i'm pretty sure it was about 6 p.m and it was sun it was sunny outside right it's middle of summer and mm. they said to us go to bed we're like what the sun outside it's six o'clock what they were like if you want eight hours of sleep go to bed and we were like hmm okay so we're up for an early start yeah. and next thing you know it was the bow bonds one and we had to go oh. to the kitchens and it was like i think it was about half two in the morning Oh, it was a very very early start but most of the time you don't know when you're going to wake up you don't know you yeah. literally just get told you're going to be up then yeah. that's it you get told when to go to sleep and the next thing you know you have camera crew busting through the door no way well what about like um in terms of leaving the house were you allowed to leave the house or for anything or nope so it's a gated entrance as well so you're confined to the house. You aren't allowed to go on walks. If you went on walks, you had to go as a whole group to keep the whole process fair, which okay. I understand. Yeah. We had um, a phone call a week. That was about it. Otherwise, we're all confined in that house. There's no, I say, I want to say freedom. But then again, you sign up to it. Like They do prepare you well beforehand. You are given all of the um, like disclaimers beforehand, pretty much. Okay. So uh, you've been an apprentice. Let's take it back. So what's your background like in education? so well actually i like to ask other people what do you think it, my education is like do you reckon i went to a private school or state school it looks like yeah, you've studied yeah i think maybe a yeah, private maybe. university mm. maybe 
So a lot of people think private school, but I was actually state school. Like one of the worst ones in Southampton as well. Like it wasn't from a privileged background or anything like that. I came from a council house. And so that was me. Um, I did go to university, the first in my family. Um, and then eventually I went into accounting. I started up at a company called PwC. And that was supposed to be my savior from life. So I was like, do you know what? I've landed an amazing job at the top accounts company in the UK. I started to roll with it. Nine months in, I get fired. This is the first time I get fired. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, basically, I failed one of the exams and they were like, do you know what? We've got to let you go. They gave me four weeks and I was like, fine. But that was four weeks for me to start my business. I took 200 pounds, made the first class I ever did. 200 pounds was making about a thousand pounds a month. Now, you don't need to be an accountant to know what to do next, right? You put in more money, you make more money back out of it. Next thing you know, I had a multi-six figure business and it grew like crazy. So you started with, so start with 200 pounds? Mm-hmm. The business started with 200 pounds. I took 200 pounds, turned it into multi-six figures and... It's been an incredible journey. Like, um, there's something just I just never imagined would have happened. Like, nobody would have thought that the kid from the council house who got fired from their job takes two hundred pounds, makes a genuine business out of it, helping people, and not even in a haram way or anything like that as well, and makes a success. It was crazy. Yeah. So uh, with the success, so what would be like your best purchase that you've ever made? Do you know what? Yeah, I um I started to make a lot of money and it was all good. And I was 22 at the time. And I was like, do you know what? Time to buy a sports car. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought, um yeah, I ended up buying a sport. It's a BMW M4, right? So oh, I yeah. bought that and uh, yeah, very, very nice car. Um, And yeah, I remember driving it. It was, just, it was just that moment where I was like, oh my God, I've kind of made it. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still remember having the first drive and I had it delivered straight outside my house. I didn't sleep all night as well. And it got delivered at seven o'clock in the morning. I was straight out of the door. I was like, give me the keys. Yeah. And I just took it for a spin for like a whole hour or so. It, yeah, it was surreal. What was your worst purchase ever? It was also the M4. <laughs> oh, was it costly? Yeah? It was very costly. Like, um, it's all good to make money and have like, um, have those things which, you know, you can enjoy life with. But at the same time, it's very, very expensive to be running a car like that when you realize later on you could invest that money. Yeah. Like you look back at the calculations. The, I was spending £480 on the rear tires every six months. It was crazy. £1,000 on tires a year just for the rear ones. No, and yeah, like it was know. nuts i mean <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong that's because of my heavy foot right i was uh yeah. <laughs> i put my foot down a little bit up to the speed limit by the way that's yeah, about yeah. it <laughs> but um yeah it ends up becoming the best purchase but the worst purchase of my life at the same time so would you recommend people to uh, purchase their sports car at the same time i would yeah i would actually recommend someone to go ahead and do that because when you have something like a sports car it gives you that sense of confidence and it gives you a sense of you've made it and when you have that, you act differently. All of a sudden, you have the confidence to be out and go and do more things. So my advice, I know a lot of people um, always say, save your money and everything else. But there's some purchase which you should make, yeah. which is going to change who you are as a person. It's like, for example, when you put on a suit, you become a lot more confident. Yeah. It's the same thing with having a car. You yeah. buy a car and you start to realize, okay, cool, right. I've got this confidence behind me. You know, I'm this yeah. person in life who can do more. You get treated different as well. You know, realistically, when you have a nice car, um, you get treated so much better as soon as people see that. You know, I've had free upgrades to so many different things because people see my car in the first place yeah. and start treating me different. Shouldn't happen, but it does. Yeah. So yeah, uh, after you left The Apprentice, so who do you think was going to win? Ooh, okay. <laughs> see, <laughs> after I left The Apprentice, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought Danny was going to win. 
Danny Arquette. Because there's a lot of stuff that happens in reality compared to what's seen on camera. And Danny, I thought, was one of the most best performing candidates that there were. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you have a look at the favourites, Karen absolutely loved Danny. Like, loved Danny to bits. And I genuinely thought she would win. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it was quite interesting to see how things actually went. But then again, there's a lot more behind the scenes, which, you know, isn't really seen to the viewer. Yeah. But for me, my bets would have been on her. So what's the uh, process of applying for Apprentice? So I can't delve into the details of uh, what actually happens. But what I will say is that anyone who is thinking of applying or even wants to know what the process is like, go apply for it. Because yeah. it's one of those very surreal experiences. You get thrown into the audition rooms and... Um, you know, without spoiling too much, you get put in these really weird situations and circumstances. Okay. It gets you to really think on the spot. So even if you don't want to go on the show, go apply for it just because it's a little bit of fun and it will push you outside your comfort zone. Okay, so is it similar to like uh, normal like uh, work interviews or is it a bit like different? Or... Oh, it's completely different. <laughs> when it comes to work interviews, um, yeah. yeah, like without spoiling, I can't spoil too much okay, at all. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, it's not the same as any work interview you'll ever go for. Okay. And, you know, even part of the audition before you actually go on to the show is you have to run a small task. And, um, you know, again, you end up having, um, you, you, like running the scenario of running a task mm-hmm. and then choosing who gets fired and all that sort of stuff. It's genuinely good fun. Yeah. So just oh. go just for the vibes if you are thinking yeah, about yeah. blind. I'm asking you, no, no, it wasn't Lord Sugar. <laughs> Although there were rumours going around that he was actually there watching backstage in terms of who gets selected um, for the final. So, you know, they shorten everyone down and yeah. then there are rumours that he's watching. I don't know how true that is. How many people were there like, when you were getting interviewed and doing the tasks? Um, So I'm not 100% sure, but I know there's tens of thousands of people that apply yeah. in the oh. first place, but everyone gets whittled down. So I didn't know this. But I was just kind of going through the stages one by one by one. Mm. And um, people were just slowly starting to drop out. And I just got towards the end and then that was it. Mm. So it just kind of happened for me. Oh, okay. But then that said, it wasn't my first time applying. So I actually applied twice before in the past as well. And um, first time, COVID hit, they shut down the whole show. And then second time, this guy called Akshay. Don't know if you heard of him. Yeah. yeah. Like he took my spot. Oh. That's what it was. <laughs> but apparently he had an amazing audition and he just knew that no other brown boy was going to get it. So fair play to him. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, when did the, the uh, Apprentice start the recordings? Was it, so it's, it's not live, is it? So I'm guessing it was it like pre-recorded sometime? Yeah, so we started filming, um, it was towards the end of Ramadan last year. So oh, I was okay. actually fasting as part of it, um, okay. which was very interesting, by the way, because Eid day I spent alone as well, which was sad. I've never done that before, but I really? spent Eid alone. Um, so that was all filmed towards like the end of April and we finished around about June, July time. So it was about a year ago. Which means that next year's candidates, they are about to go into the house, like very, very soon. As in, they will be starting task one next week. So, so that task where you made the lunchbox, where did you get the idea for the lunchbox? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? The lunchbox was an interesting one. I wanted to do something which was martial arts themed because, you know, I am the martial arts guy. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, limitations when you're creating something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, purely based on, you know... The, it's an entertainment show. I can't yeah. say too much, but there are a lot of limitations is what I'll say. Yeah. And um, yeah, when you have to make um, something which is underwater themed, which is brown, it's like, you know, there isn't too much of an option, yeah. but <laughs> it didn't end up looking great though, did it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't our finest piece of work, but there we go. It was a lunchbox at the end of the day and that's yeah. all we could do. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a prototype, as you said. Yeah, <laughs> it was a prototype and it still is a prototype. Yeah, it's well, never going to yeah. not be a prototype. <laughs> Um, so what was it like being in like the like the final three in the boardroom? 
So when you're in the final three, I was only ever in there once. Mm. And the pressure is on. But at the same time, you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, basically, I remember being in the bottom three and I was there like, do I really, really want to still be in this process right now? And um, yeah, you know, you kind of get to that point where you're like, you know, have you got the stamina to keep on going through the process? Fair play to everyone else who does it. Because it's a tough gig when you're actually doing it. Um, but you do feel that pressure in the bottom three. Um, but yeah, that's that's when all eyes are on you. And it could be a case of you, the fingers coming towards you and you're fired. That's it. You're done. So yeah. the pressure is on. So when you got fired, Lord Sugar was like, you're fired. What was your reaction? What, what were you thinking? I was like, all right, cool. And just went. <laughs> that was literally it. <laughs> I think um, when you go in there, you kind of know what the outcome is going to be in a way. So you kind of go in there expecting it to happen. So you're ready to walk out. Yeah. And yeah, you kind of just take on the chin and that's it. You just move on. Yeah. So what, what were you thinking? Like when you, when you were sitting there um, amongst your amongst other candidates, so did you think like, um, like were you thinking positive or did, were you like prepared? Like it could be me or how, how are you? You're prepared. It can always be you because there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes, which you don't actually see. Um, mm. And, you know, there were other candidates on that on that task who had done you know very very little and some people everyone's got their reasons to go basically there's yeah. always a strong reason for you to go no matter what and um yeah you know you are ready to go okay. that, that's just the way it goes okay yeah on the on the other show was it apprentice you're fired mm. when everyone pull up the fired sign i saw your reaction <laughs> what was your reaction then oh well no you expect it i mean realistically you expect it it's an entertainment show and um audience yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's always just so interesting because like the way that things actually happen versus what's actually seen is so so different so yeah. some tasks you're looking at it like this person was not at fault yeah. you know i remember um i remember joe on his task as well and joe um didn't do many things wrong at all if not anything wrong but the way that the edits are done is that it makes it look like right this is why joe should get fired and again you know you kind of expect it and so all of a sudden, when it's the you're hired, you're fired part, mm. you're expecting them to say you're fired because that's the story of the show. You know, mm. you're, you're, you're storylined into becoming fired, if that makes sense. Okay. Mm. Okay. So in terms of all the candidates, who's like the best person that you enjoyed working with? So a lot of the guys I enjoyed working with, um, I have to say Joe, we got along really, really well. Me and Simba got along really well in the house, okay. but we never had any tasks together except for the final task. And um, otherwise, me and Joe worked together a fair few times, and I love working with him. So we actually got along really, really well. And, um, you know, I remember in Antigua as well, we just had a laugh, and we butted head for, for a little bit in the very, very start yeah. on the negotiation thing. But then afterwards, we became such good friends. Yeah. And, um, you know, even this guitar over here, that's yeah. his. Oh, <laughs> so he, uh, right. he gifted me that as soon as fun he came out of the process. Right. Yeah, fun yeah. fact for you. Yeah. <laughs> So are you still uh, in contact with like a lot of the other candidates? Mm. Yeah, I'm in touch with most of the candidates. You know, oh. we all do stay as good friends. And um, don't get me wrong, there are, you know, disputes, disagreements, because you're chucked into that environment where it's designed for chaos. But for the majority of the candidates, I stay in touch with them. And they're genuinely good people as well. What you don't see is that a lot of us are business people. We're on the same it's good wavelength. Network, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. It. yeah. And we're on the same wavelength. And, you know, we want to be... Uh, yeah, we, we just click. So uh, when you got fired, you were sitting in the cab. Uh, you said to the people that they will see a big win. Well, what's that going to be? Oh, that's a good question, that one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so my martial arts club, we're taking it across the whole nation. So I've got franchises in Hampshire at the moment. So I franchised out my business okay. and we're taking it across the UK. So it's a scalable system. So we can take it to Birmingham, to Dudley, to wherever, to going Manchester. going to the major cities now, yeah. 
major cities as well as the um the smaller cities as well but yeah. we're taking over that's the game nice that's it yeah so uh, looking back at your experience um at the apprentice would you have done anything differently or i would have taken the apprentice a lot less serious yeah. like a lot less seriously because you start to realize early on that it's not really a business show it's an entertainment show Hmm. and i would have provided a lot more entertainment if had i known that was the case so yeah. i would have made it a lot more funny uh done a lot more different things and uh yeah when you look back at it there's always things that you wish you could have changed but overall i'm still happy with it you yeah. know i'm yeah. grateful for the fact that a lot of people have seen me i've got this platform now which has resonated with you know so many thousands and thousands of people and i'm grateful for it That's yeah it. so what would you say you've learned the most from your experience um people ask me this all the time yeah. i don't i don't know if there's many things that you actually learn it's more of an opportunity because yeah. the opportunity is there and you just grasp it with whatever hands that you've got at the time so mm -hmm. you know a lot of candidates they come out of the process and they won't take up the opportunities which are there and they won't make use out of social media they won't um maximize the potential that's there Networking. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah whereas for me i wanted to go out and i used social media platforms like tiktok for example didn't yeah, think i'd yeah. be on there but i'm on tiktok <laughs> yeah. um and i was securing brand deals very very early on and mm. you know i was actually profiting out of it like Research. very very well yeah. mm. uh, but again it's making use out of the opportunities i think it's more about making use of opportunities than it is about learning from it yeah definitely what, what was what was the business plan you were going to propose to lord sugar so the business plan was the martial arts taking it across the uk okay. however Thank God I didn't get through to the interview stages because my business is not capital heavy. Right. So I would have had about 250K worth of investment and I would have said, right, okay, probably need about 50K of that just to expand out to the rest of the UK. And um, they would have roasted me. Oh. <laughs> it would have been like that. So uh, yeah, but otherwise it's taken it across the UK. So yeah. for me, the martial arts club, franchising it more and more and more, taking it to different cities and bringing it to more places. But again, not a cash heavy uh, business. I can just, you know, do it as of today, which is what we're doing at the moment. Nice. Okay. So, you, so you'd want to make the, the martial arts, so you want to expand a bit more on, on that? Taking the martial arts national. That's yeah. the plan with it at the moment. So taking it across the whole of the UK. Okay. Well, speaking on the, the martial arts, so what, what's been like your most fulfilling moment, um, like running the martial arts club? Do you know what? It's really weird because I started the martial arts club doing it because I wanted to help people. Because mm -hmm. I was one of those people who needed help as a youngster. And yeah. I had that through a martial arts club. And for me, one of the most fulfilling parts is when we had this one lady who came to us. And she joined us because she wanted help. She was getting domestically abused at home. Yeah. It's crazy the fact that we get to help people like that. Not just kids with bullying and, you know, those types of issues. Because they're all big issues. But the fact that we get to help people who are genuinely in difficult situations and help change their lives. All of a sudden, our martial arts club has become this escape for that person who's going through all these things at home. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that we can do that. And for me, yes, making money out of business is amazing. But changing people's lives, that's so much more fulfilling for me. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Well, what got you into martial arts anyway? So I did martial arts when I was a kid. Um, I had a lot of things going on at home. And yeah. for me, martial arts was my escape. Mm -hmm. So I always loved it. And it became... I saw the benefits of martial arts, you know, being part of a club, having a second home is, is what I like to call it, is the most invaluable thing when you're growing up because you've got this whole different friend circle, this whole different level of escapism that you can go to when things are getting tough elsewhere. And I wanted to replicate that for other people. So obviously you've created the martial arts business. Um, who's your role model and who do you look up to and why? 
everyone always asks me about role models all the time <laughs> but i don't really have one if i'm honest like i've never ever had a role model in sports me, in business anyone sports or business i mean i'll have different people that i look up to and want to hit targets to but in terms of just one person's role model i don't really have that you know i look up to the likes of for example steve jobs but not when it comes to relationships you know he struggled yeah, in relationships yeah, yeah. right um and yeah, you know, there's loads of people in different industries who I will look up to, but not overall as one person. Okay. What about in like martial arts? <sighs> Same thing again. I don't really have a role model in martial arts. Yeah. For me, I create my idea of who I want to be like, and I okay. go for that person. That's who I want to be. Yeah. So I create this idealism of that perfect role model, and that's what I work towards. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But it's like, if you uh, had to have a sit down with anyone, who would it be? Oh, sit down with anyone. What, dead or alive? Dead or alive, yeah. Okay, so for me, it would be Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, yeah. Yeah, purely because of the way that he created this aura about him, or yeah. supposedly, okay, from the biographies that I've read, he created this aura around him. And I want to take a piece out of that and just see how he did that, how he managed to influence people to do things for him just off the back of his his aura that he has. So for me, it'd be Steve Jobs. Okay, that's interesting. Man. So yeah, based off that answer, so what would be your top five tips for someone who wants to start their own business? Oh, top five tips. Okay. Um, there's loads and loads of different tips. It depends because it's yeah. always difficult because it has yeah. to be like specific to what they're doing. But yeah. number one, never give up. Like yeah. honestly, never give up because you, I, I had so many chances to, to where I was knocked down in life and I could have just given up at any point. If I had decided when I got fired from accountant not to do anything else, I wouldn't have a multi six figure club. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's so many moments like that where you just, you need to overcome it. So number one, never give up. Yeah. Um, number two just do something you're passionate about passion is the be all end all and I've seen it for myself when you do something which you're not passionate about like accounting for example you don't perform anywhere near as well whereas I took martial arts teach people how to fling their arms and legs about did it with a passion made more six figures That's it nice. works yeah. uh, number three automate it don't sell your time if you're selling your time, if you need to be in the business, that's not a business. You're a glorified employee, as harsh as it sounds. Yeah. And so for me, you have to be able to step away from it, go on holiday for six months, know that your business is going to survive. And that's how you make use out of it. Number four, be the brand as well. So you want to make sure that when you're talking, you're representing, you're representing your brand perfectly as to how people should want to see it. So you're going to want to do that. I, for example, I brand myself as the martial arts guy. And so when people see my martial arts club, it resonates. It's on the same line. Mm. And... Number five is the marketing. Do what you can to get yourself out there in different ways. TV marketing is dead. Social media is crazy, so make use out of it. I yeah. built my business purely off of Facebook adverts. 200 pounds, Facebook adverts. I look back at it in about a year's time and I'd spent something like 20,000 pounds in adverts, but it made me so much more money in the long run. So yeah. marketing, don't have a look at the traditional ways. Do something different. Innovate. So you've got a six-figure business. What sacrifices have you made for your business? Time time yeah a lot of time in the very beginning i remember i i ended up skipping out on a lot of um just time with family a lot yeah. of time with just people in general and a lot of friends and to focus on the business yeah yeah to focus on the business but do you know what if i could go back i probably would change that i probably would change that just because i'd rather have had more quality time compared to money Money can only ever get you so far. Yes, you can make a multi six figure business. Time, you can't get that back. You can't, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the sacrifice I made. It was time with other people. Okay. So, yeah, obviously, going on to national television, um, all the reviews you get might not be positive. So, obviously, you might get some negativity. So, how would you, in, in turn, deal with the negativity? 
when you're a brown person on tv you gotta expect it you gotta expect all the hate all the comments i've got racism comments as well right this all happened to me and it's expected though like it's bound to happen and i think you gotta be thick-skinned enough just to be able to look at the hateful comments and be like okay cool just brush it off when you want to show like the apprentice as well it attracts a lot of viewers a lot of passionate viewers is what i'm going to add Mm. okay because sometimes these people are so incredibly passionate. I was getting hate messages off the back of it. Like oh, if yeah. I had done something or said something to someone on the show. Um, so for example, with Marnie, we were button heads a lot. Yeah. I got so many hate messages. I was shocked. I was reading some of them and they were literally swearing. They were full on ranting. What was that Instagram or Facebook? This was through some people on Facebook and some people on Instagram as well. Oh. Um, it was in the message request. So when I went yeah. to that, I saw them. I was like, what? Yeah. Like people take it this seriously? Yeah. People were actually sending me hate messages um, because of my moments against Marnie, yeah. not realizing that we're actually really, really good friends. Like we talk loads. Yeah. We had so many funny moments, so many funny conversations. Um, you know, when Marnie was going through stuff on the show, because she got a lot of hate in the very beginning as well. Yeah. I went to London to go see her for a little while, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. we were kind of there for each other, but people took it so passionately. They thought me and Marnie Check hated each other. Yeah. 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 And they were coming after me. And I was like, oh, no. what? what's going on? <laughs> got all these haters out of nowhere, but there we go. So what would you say are your like best moments in uh, business? Best moments in business, I think for me, is all the rewarding ones. You know, seeing the fact, well, seeing those moments where the kids are smiling, happy and engaged. And these are kids, by the way, who come into our classes just really, you know, either depressed or, you know, they need friends, you know, making those changes in people's lives. For me, that's the best thing. Like okay. the, my best moments in business is that I have had a crazy moments as well, by the way, mm-hmm. I had one moment where I just picked up the M4. Mm-hmm. So I'm quite young, picked up an M4 yeah. and I remember driving to this place to sell a franchise. So mm-hmm. I'm driving my M4, I'm rocking up to this person's house. I sold a franchise to him for 5,000 pounds, mm-hmm. picked up 5,000 pounds. I drove back in the M4 as well. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> that is actually crazy. It was so much fun. But at the same time, money only gets you so far. You can have moments like that. It's more of a memory, but otherwise when you're changing people's lives, those are the moments which matter most in business. So we've seen you in Apprentice. Are we going to see you in another show? Or is that it? Maybe so. But you, you go might from do. here now. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You might see me in a few more TV shows. Who knows? Yeah? Who knows? Okay. But um, yeah, there's a lot of shows that I may get involved with. But at the end of the day, I am a business person. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I've gone down this route of social media and yeah, yeah, yeah. becoming uh, this You've person. You've got the fame now, isn't it? You've got the fame. Yeah. And that's odd. That's not me as a person. I'm a business person at heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyone who knows me before the show will know me as the person who always focuses on business. Yeah. I've had, I used to have people come to me all the time for me to help them in their businesses. Yeah. And now I'm on TikTok. Yeah. Like I'm following trends. <laughs> that's just me as a person. Like it's it's odd, but here we go. You what know, you one next? Like, what are you going to yeah. do next? TV show wise, a TV show or in general business. Well, business wise, I've got loads of opportunities. So the martial arts is um, booming at the moment, which is great. Social media has taken over. You know, you can actually earn money from social media. The amount of money I did not realize. It's mm-hmm. insane how much money you can actually earn. Yeah. Um, I've got another business coming out, a perfume business as well. Nice. And um, I've got properties as well. So that keeps me very, very busy. Yeah. Um, but then for me, in terms of like the media side of things, who knows? You might see me on a couple of TV shows. Although yeah. I want to do SAS Who Dares Wins. I don't know if you guys have seen that oh, before. Seen that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe have a look at it later. Yeah, yeah. But it's um it's a very interesting one. It's like an army based one, which looks kind of cool. Like I'm a celebrity. I would love to do that. I would love to do I'm a celebrity. celebrity. Yeah, yeah. I would actually love to do that. So uh, if anyone's watching that one, then yeah, take me up on that offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think there's a new one coming out, isn't it? The one in South Africa. South Africa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got Amir Khan in there as well. Is isn't it? Khan, yeah, Amir Khan, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's going to be in that as well. But no, I'd love to be on a show like that. That would be crazy. Yeah, well, that's not like Assault Course. Like, so the SAS one, is that like a Assault Course and stuff like that? Yeah. So I think you, I can't remember what it is. Like you go away for like two or three weeks, but you have to do all these intense challenges. You're living on barely any food, staying in these camps in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that'll be all right for now anyway, because we're fasting anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ramadan, it works, Perfect, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so were there any like special moments in the house? You know what? It's really weird because one time I woke up in the morning and we're in the apprentice mansion okay yeah. huge huge place but there's one next to us as well okay. so i look in the garden and there's gal gadot sunbathing in the garden so gal wonder gadot. woman herself wonder woman, wonder woman oh, herself. No <laughs> she's there sunbathing in the garden and i'm there like wait what that's gal gadot right there yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. crazy it was insane to see but she was there her kids were running around as well she was our neighbor during the apprentice oh, which was insane so did she, did she live there or was that just like one of her so supposedly she was there because she was filming um for a couple of different movies and oh, okay. um, she was only there for a little while but these houses apparently they just rent them out to all these celebrity people big mansions yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah huge huge mansions which was insane so yeah gal gadot was our was our neighbor that's crazy yeah <laughs> so how do you motivate the youth today any tips so I would always say to them, just put yourselves out there. Go to loads of different networking events. Put yourself out there. Literally just Google it. If I typed in networking Southampton, there's so many different events. Yeah. And when you surround yourself by the best of the best, you've got people with similar mindsets, you're going to go so much more further. Mm. I remember when I was young, as soon as I upgraded my circle, I was being surrounded by these people who were millionaires. My mindset shifted. All of a sudden, I was on my work and I was ready to just work my ass off to get to where I needed to go. But honestly, I can't stress enough. It changes your mindset. It's all good having party friends, yeah. okay? It's all good having those if you want to have a good time. But if you want to be good at business, you got to upgrade your circle. That's just the way it goes. Your network is your net worth. Exactly. You network is your net worth. <laughs> That's the last gem. Um, but yeah, it was nice speaking to you. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. So guys, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. And don't forget to hit the notification bell. You don't want to miss out on any content on Cashflow Converse.